How can we forget our patron saint, Saint Simeon Theologian? Can we ever forget him? I can never forget him. His shadow just covers us here and his intercessions to the throne of grace uh, overwhelms us here, overshadows us, envelops us here at St. Simeon. <clears throat> we didn't take his name just, you know, so we could have a saint's name and we could sound more, you know, orthodox and more acceptable. No, you know, it's on October the 12th, and October is a conference where we really dwell on St. Simeon. You know, you've been here. We can never talk enough about St. Simeon and how he helped to exalt the name of Jesus and to make sure that Jesus is the Lord in the church and in our personal lives. Well, his message continues to inspire us. You know, I try to read St. Simeon every morning. After I read my scriptures, I turn to St. Simeon. When I start reading St. Simeon, it's like reading continuing scripture. I, I can't, it's about the same, you know? You know why? It's the same Holy Spirit. And he just blesses me. <coughs> I mean, we're just like that, Simeon and I. We're real pals. <laughs> we get along so well. He talks my language. And, you know, because the problems he faced, uh, I'm facing, too. I identify with him 100%. Glory to God. We have his icon all over, back here in the back wall. We didn't put him up, never put him up in the front. Uh, because, you know why? Because Jesus is the Lord, right? And everybody else has to uh, uh, recede in the presence of Jesus. And, you know, he can never win. He can never be orthodox enough. I've had uh, people tell me, now when we come up to St. Simeon's, we don't want to hear about St. Simeon. We want to hear about Jesus. You know, I get a lot of that kind of flack. So you can never win, you know. Either you're too orthodox or you're, or you're too Pentecostal or too charismatic. Uh, so I'm walking a tightrope. So I'm trying to keep my balance. <laughs> 27 years, you know, I thought by now I'd be over that, but uh, I'm still walking a tightrope. That's right. Amen. But you know, when you know Jesus and he's first in your life, I mean, no, no saint's going to stand in the way, that's for sure. No saint, Simeon or Saint George or whoever. <laughs> Amen. You know where to put him. You know where to place him, what slot he belongs. Hallelujah. You know when you have the Holy Spirit, you know the answers. He teaches you. <clears throat> you don't have to tell people every little detail. I tell people, don't, don't hit the saints, don't hit uh, icons, and etc., etc. The Holy Spirit will teach everyone how to handle these items, you know, in the church. Or about the Blessed Virgin Mary and so on. Amen.
That's my attitude. I, I, tr I trust the Holy Spirit. I don't like to play God. I, I don't like to be the teacher. I want the Lord to do the teaching, the Holy Spirit. Amen? <coughs> Amen. Glory to God. Okay. So if you haven't read St. Simeon, you cannot appreciate him. But you know his writings have been tra are being translated now into English. Most of his writings are already in English. And if you haven't read them, why, you missed out on a blessing. Let's read the lyrics here. Having received, everybody together, having received the divine radiance in your soul, Father Simeon, showed yourself a brilliant luminary in the world. You scattered its dark madness and convinced all men to seek what they lost. What did they lose? What did all men lose? The grace of the Holy Spirit. You know what grace? What grace? Who is he talking to? Uh, Catholics or uh, Pentecostals or Baptists? He's talking to fellow Orthodox back there. I'm not, where did he live? He lived when there were no Baptists around. Uh, sorry. Uh, the Baptists and no Presbyterians were back then. Uh, they were all uh, Orthodox. Well, he lived at the time when the church split in two. <clears throat> in fact, I got news for you. The church split between East and West, Roman and Greek, West and East, in 1054. He died in 1024. So actually the church was one undivided church Catholic, church universal. <clears throat> So actually, he's accepted, should be accepted in the Roman Catholic Church, too. Churches work together yet, okay? But you know, uh, I hazard to, to make this assessment that because his message and testimony was rejected by his own church, St. Simeon, we suffer the consequences. You know what the consequences were? The split in the body of Christ between East and West, Roman Catholic and uh, Eastern, Church, Eastern Church. If St. Simeon's message had been accepted and we had been in obedience to God completely, East and West, there would, the, the unity of the Church would have been preserved. You know, every time God sends out a messenger to his people, a prophet. I've noticed that. And he's rejected. There's a calamity that follows. I want to bring out a more recent example. I don't know if you've heard of Apostolo, Apostolos Makrakis, who died in 1906. A great prophet of God, evangelist, author, philosopher, I mean, you name it. He was an extraordinary man. They come one once in a hundred years, these kind of men, who wrote many books. They're all translated into English. His message was repentance to the Greek Orthodox people. And he said, if we repent and we, we put the kingdom of God first in our life, he said, then Greece will recover all of its lost territories to the, to, to the Muslims. And Constantinople will be retrieved, retaken. 
Well, he went the way of all prophets. He was stoned, rejected, imprisoned. And you know what the great calamity was that followed in 1924? The Turks pushed out two million Greeks out of Asia Minor, literally into the Aegean Sea. They drowned. There were no boats to pick them up. And they, they burned every single church in what today is Turkey along the coastal area that was flourishing with flourishing, thriving Greek Orthodox communities and cultural centers, schools, academies, libraries, all the way from Constantinople down to the tip of Asia Minor. Two million Greeks were pushed out and to, de and to the point where it's illegal for any Greek to open a church on Turkish territory. Now these things aren't just accidental, but there's a uh, cause and effect uh, uh, principle here at work. And God sends his judgment on his people when they reject his messengers and his, and his prophets. All right. Having, again, having received, <clears throat> now you notice in your soul, so it all started with Father Simeon. Saint Simeon had a, an experience with Christ that he dwells on at great length. He's the only church father I know that talks about his personal experience with Christ. The other fathers consider it not proper to talk about what God has done for them. They consider it as spiritual pride. Even the Desert Fathers, they silenced their, their... But Saint Simeon said, I cannot, he said, I cannot tolerate it. It's like a volcano ready to, to erupt. He says, it's like an explosion holding a, a dynamite inside of my heart. I gotta get it out. I gotta share it with my fellow Orthodox. I want them to share what I got. You know, I'm surprised that all the wonderful Godly church fathers we have, they never said that. I mean, they wrote some beautiful things, you know, and they're real gems, but uh, nothing on a, per, on a, of a personal nature. Rarely they did. But so, having received the divine radiance in your soul, Father Simeon, what did he, what'd you do? You showed yourself a brilliant luminary in the world. In other words, he helped the rest of us. You scattered his dark madness. Uh, where, what world? He's talking about the Orthodox world. That's pretty <laughs> strong language. Uh, it's dark madness. I mean, what? In the Orthodox Church, there's dark madness? Well, you better believe it. It was back then. <clears throat> and convinced all men to seek what they lost. What did they lose? The grace of the Holy Spirit. What, what grace of the Holy Spirit? When did they get it to begin with, to lose it? When did they get the grace of the Holy Spirit? At what point in their life? Anybody? No, in their life, in their personal life. At baptism. We all like to boast that, oh, well, I'm baptized. I got the Holy Spirit in baptism. You got the Holy Spirit? Well, of course I got it. I was baptized. Well, I got news for you. And convinced all men to seek what they lost. He said, you don't have it. You've lost it. I'll tell you, that's strong language. No one else ever, ever dared to say that to the Orthodox. Beseech him fervently. Yes, he's at the throne of heaven now with all the saints. 
in the tabernacles of the saints, and we say, Father Simeon, pray to Jesus for only that he may grant us his great mercy and have mercy upon us because we're miserable sinners. We continue to, to stone your prophets and those sent by God. Having received the divine radiance in your soul, Father Simeon, you showed yourself a most brilliant luminary in the world. You scattered its dark madness and convinced all men to seek what they lost. The grace of the Holy Spirit beseech him fervently that he may grant to us his great mercy. Isn't that beautiful? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And uh, the, the new organization called Orthodox Christian Laity has taken uh, St. Simeon as her patron saint. I, I wrote that up in the, my newsletter. Uh, saw that, Larry. Uh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, uh, here we are uh, starting off uh, our uh, long day. <coughs> Saturday is always uh, uh, the peak of the, of the conference. It's a long day, and always a beautiful day filled with so many blessings. And uh, I want to welcome uh, a couple of our brothers and sisters that came this morning, uh, or rather arrived late last night. I want to ask uh, my precious brother Larry to stand up, and, and Kay, Kay Sanders, <laughs> welcome. Uh, they arrived uh, late last night from Jacksonville, Florida. And... Uh, uh, I'm going to introduce, say more about Larry later on. He's going to give the main message this, this afternoon's session. And uh, I th you will be blessed uh, by this precious brother who uh, the Lord has uh, singled out for ministry and uh, has a beautiful calling upon his life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, and I want you to uh, feel relaxed here at St. Simeon's. And to enjoy the uh, beautiful fresh air when you get a chance to, and uh, the sunshine. The Lord's blessed us with beautiful weather. And you know, we've had long stretches of wet weather this year here at Destin. But this is custom, uh, custom made weather. Amen. Amen. And uh, the chapel will always be open if anyone wants to withdraw and, and be alone with the Lord for a few minutes for meditation. Feel free to go and uh, visit the chapel and uh, you know there's something very special about the chapel here of St. Simeon's uh, everyone that comes always senses uh, that, that presence of the, of the divine in that chapel I've had at least one Pentecostal couple who well without much exaggeration who decided to become Orthodox after they, they spend some time in the chapel alone. And uh, one day I, they came to visit here and I told them to go and visit the chapel and I told them I'll be there in a few minutes. I got there after about 10 minutes and I found them kneeling in front of the altar. 
Pentecostals are in the habit of kneeling in front of altars. And uh, and I told him, how do you like our little chapel? And they turned around, there were tears flowing down their cheeks. They felt the presence of the Lord in that chapel. Because when that chapel was being built, I'll tell you, every brick and every nail was being prayed over. And we, we'd see visions of four angels at four corners of the, of the, constru of the construction. And uh, just, and you know, we've had uh, some break-ins in this area. And you want to hear a little miracle? We've never had any incident here. Not a scratch on a window or a door. And there's, you know, it's pretty remote out here at night and, you know, anything could happen. I've often sometimes, in, you know, it's in my humanity, I get a little concerned and say we need to get a maintenance man here and around the clock or something like that. And, but I'll tell you, the Lord's been doing a good job taking care of this, this compound. Now we've got a third building, too, to, to pray about. And so we're going to have a consecration of that building uh, tomorrow after liturgy. And in your... In your a little free time between the sessions, feel free to go into the building and give yourself a little grand tour there of yourself. Of yourself, okay? It's all finished and uh, ready for occupancy. Did you bring your uh, sleeping bags with you? <laughs> Sorry, we have no beds yet. <laughs> you know, it's kind of pain, a painful frustration. Finished and yet, and yet um, unfurnished. <laughs> Okay, praise the name of Jesus. So have a good time today and enjoy yourselves. And, and um, I'm expecting a few more people to stroll in uh, later on in the day. And uh, There's coffee in the back there, and I'm going to ask you to be very careful. Don't spill it uh, on the carpeting. We've had spillings, and it uh, discolors the carpeting here. Be awfully uh, cautious. I'm going to ask you to be careful. And feel free uh, to share in our uh, sessions. Uh, we're all one family here. Don't be bashful. If anyone has a psalm, like it says there, Paul says, if anyone has a song, a psalm, or a word to share, and so on. Anyone have a psalm uh, I'd like to read uh, right now? Paul, uh, you have a a psalm you'd like to, to read? Uh, come on up here and, uh, and read, and read uh, a psalm for us. In fact, uh, since you're going to read the psalm, why don't you stay here and uh, share a few words. And uh, uh, We know Paul here comes from Salt Lake City. He's... Uh, I don't know if he still is. He was a member of the choir for many years. Still a member of the choir. Married uh, man, uh, a born-again believer, spirit-filled, uh, been an outspoken champion of renewal and revival in his uh, local Greek Orthodox Church for years. And we've worked together. I've been to Salt Lake City many times. And... Uh, He's uh, articulate for the for the glory of God for the kingdom, and uh, he's active, and he's never one thing about Paul. He he he's the Lord's given him a humble spirit, and he doesn't offend. He's he, he's been misunderstood. He's been rejected. He's been maligned by his fellow Orthodox, but he's just stood his ground through the years. 
uh, staunchly, staunch uh, soldier of Christ. And he's also active in inter-church movements like the Full Gospel Business Fellowship. He was an officer for many years in other inter-church ecumenical uh, uh, Full Gospel uh, uh, activities. And uh, after he reads the psalm, I'm going to ask Paul if he would uh, share uh, with us uh, whatever the Lord lays on his heart. Paul, welcome, Destin, welcome to St. Simeon's, Paul. And thank you, Paul, for coming all that way from uh, Salt Lake City. And above all, he's uh, a new member of our Board of Trustees. And I, I welcome you, Paul, and rejoice that you are with us uh, today. Praise God. Paul, God bless you. How many people have favorite psalms? Do you like 91? Do you like 91? The reason why I, I, I haven't read it for a long time, so I thought I'd like to read it again. This would be a nice time. It's a powerful psalm, isn't it? Psalm. You think in these days that we're living in is that uh, we need all the help we can get? Sometimes, you know, uh, when you read a psalm like this, it, it puts you in a position where you need God's help instead of us always being. We're such a self-oriented world. You know, what's going to take the, the steam out of this, out of us all, out of our pride, out of our heart, is, now then we'll read the Psalm 91, is, is when, it, when, we, when God starts dealing with our hearts and, and saying, Either, you, either you're going to come to me or you're not. There's going to be a, a point down the line when, and you said it in the word, all these material things we strive for daily, which we need, you know, the big thing nowadays is get out of debt, you know, get out of debt. Don't be a servant to the lender, which is true. But after we do all that, and while we're doing all that, where do we have our eyes focused? We have it still focused on ourselves, most of us. <coughs> And that's the key. That's what's happened to this nation is we become a self-oriented nation and it's a pitfall to destruction. The Greeks didn't hear in 1920, 21, 22, 23, 24, America has got the same message. You want to you hear the same message? Play this tape over again. The Saint God is speaking to America right now. The same thing. If you repent, I'll cover you. I'll protect you, just like I protect St. Simeon's. The call of repentance has to, I believe as we leave, if you don't get the message of repentance from this convention, this conference, you might as well just leave now, I swear. If you don't, come, if you do not have a repentant heart after you leave here, then it's so been a waste, I refill. That's the message God's placed in my heart. And you, Father Stefano, being called to be a prophet many times in his in his eloquent words and his his writings these things we must take to heart and be the example and the only reason why i've been able to stay in the orthodox church or anywhere as a matter of fact the my greatest enemies in utah are not the mormons that i can see visibly i can see the mormon spirits but the greatest enemies i have are within the body of christ contentions, strivings, backbitings, false accusations. Who does he think he is? 
And we have, you know, when, you're, when you are anointed for a certain diff calling, sometimes you come on strong because God has given you that gift. If I had my druthers, I'd rather be back in that last chair and be ministered to this weekend. You know, because I, I minister a lot. We give and give. Sometimes you come back and like to be refilled. But in something like this here, you know, maybe it's time where we can come and share and charge each other up and fill each other up with the different gifts that God has given us. So that's the wonderful thing about a small conference like this. I think everybody should get up and share this weekend because every one of you has a gift. You have the gift of singing. You have the gift of exhortation. You're a leader. You're a lot like I am. And we, you know, we sometimes rub against each other, you know. Great. What I'm saying is good. Steel rubs on steel and sharpens. It's good, isn't it? You have a gift. We all have gifts. And I believe, God, George, you have a gift. And if we can leave this conference with, the, with knowing that where that gift is, I think it's in, uh, in 1 Corinthians verse 1, 7, I says, do not forget the gift. Do not lay it aside. But continue, you know, Don't forget the gift that God has given you. And so I just exhort you uh, that these are the days when repentance is the only key to this nation. And, and recognize the spirit of self. Because, you know, you go through, the, the, uh, go through a, a supermarket. Just take a look. Take a look on the magazines. As you walk out to pay, look on your left or right, whatever supermarket, and you see self, self, self. Now, I've got to tell you something. I mean, it makes me sick. And what do people do? They grab it. And they usually got some good-looking gal or some good-looking guy there with muscles or, you know, to establish the self. And who are we? You know, who's, you know, we're Christians. We don't have to be self-oriented. And, and we get caught up in it. I don't know why. And it's pride that enters in us all. And the only way you can get rid of that self-spirit is, is through a spirit of breaking that God, you ask God to break your heart. Crack it. Take the heart of stone, the heart of the hardness, the rocks, and change it to the heart of flesh. Read Ezekiel eleven nineteen. So as we go in this weekend, I think maybe this is why the Father wanted me to speak. I'd prefer to speak tomorrow afternoon, you know, wind it up. And but I would say uh, just as in, in, uh, sharing here is prepare your hearts to change. Don't leave the way you came. I sat back there and I asked the Lord, I got, you know, I got down while you were singing and I got on my knees and I prayed, Lord, I don't have it all. I got a lot because you gave it to me. But I don't have enough. I got a big job to do. Do you have a big job to do? You got a big job. Las Vegas. You know, that's my territory too, so, you know, we're going to be working together. You understand what that means, my territory? I've... I have claimed that city for Jesus Christ. That means I'm working in that city to win souls. Now, have you got your heart soul-oriented to start winning one, two, three, four, praying for souls? Vegas needs you. They need me. They need all of us. That's what we have to do. Leave here with <clears throat> becoming soul-oriented to win souls. In order to win, you've got to plant a seed of love. And part of that love is forgiveness. The only way I could stay in, the, in, in any part of Christian work is, a, is walk with slapping as they, as they hit you on one side, you turn seven times 70, but while you're turning, you've got to forgive. And that forgiveness doesn't come unless your heart gets changed. 
You can, you can take the seven times 70 and still have a hard heart. You can quote scripture all day long and you, and you could be a false prophet. The word of God will still go out and do what it's called to do, but that doesn't mean that you personally are regenerated or even really born again many times. I can show you on television and radio. Many of the people I hear, I really don't think they're born again. They know the word of God. They think they're called, but I don't feel that Holy Spirit coming through them. It doesn't penetrate my heart, my soul, my spirit like it did today during singing. So as we go to this weekend, ask the Lord. From the fact, let's just bow our heads. Let's start this conference in a new spirit that God would... Am I in order, Father Stefano? Okay, because I want to be obedient to the chair. In fact, why don't you just say, repeat a nice little prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to this conference to receive. I want to receive those things which I need that I can glorify you in the calling that you called me into. You, that you would change my heart. You, you would heal my inner, my inner man. Take away the hurts of the past. And that I would really become born again. Again. That I would receive the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. That I would be set free this weekend from all my bad habits from all my, my anxieties, whatever they may be. I begin to, I, in fact, from this moment on, I turn them over to you. Because with you, dear God, all things are possible. And I believe I'm going to walk out of this, this conference. I'm going to leave this conference as a new creation, a new person set free so that I can go back where I came from to win a soul to plant a seed to water to do what you call me to do that I walk out with an obedient spirit an obedient heart with reverence and with repentance in my soul that I'll take the messages that I hear this weekend and I'll go forth and as I'm led by the Holy Spirit I will speak these messages. I praise you. I thank you for saving me this day. I thank you, Lord, that, that you're my Lord and Savior. And I do repent of all my sins. I'm a saved son of God. I'm a saved child of God. See, in Jesus' name. So when I said son, I didn't hear some women say anything. I didn't mean that, but you see? When you say son, it means we're still part of the same family. So don't take that generic. generic. And I've taken a real estate class, and I, they got all these new uh, something tricks now. You know, uh, like they do appraisals, appraisal, and appraise the tricks. Or I didn't know these new terminologies. You know, I guess because these are this is part of uh, society. Everybody's demanding rights, and uh, you know, my right is only with Him, with Christ. I don't need any rights. You know, without the word of God, there is no rights. Without Jesus Christ, there is no rights. And I think if, if we think in those areas where our, our rights are within him,
within the word within the word of god and i really feel that that's one area that america really has to get on their knees and pray that their hearts start changing about demanding rights we better start demanding repentance from our heart first and then as we're led god will give us the rights that we need not the rights that we want the rights that he wants us to have hallelujah these are tough messages but this you know this is a message for the nation this is not a message just for here but whatever's here the same spirit that's in this room is america this represents america here this is this is a message that is that you would be speaking to millions of people maybe there's only 20 people here but the same heart is still in here and still because this is america you're america did you know that you represent this nation so as we speak today let's speak as we would be speaking to all americans because this nation is in the same position greece was in in 1920 in the early 20s i really i know that is prophetic i'll stand on my life i'll give my life this day if i'm wrong on what i'm saying america's on the brink of collapse because of the hardness of our heart a lack of repentance and arrogance and rights 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 that's part of the arrogance you don't need rights but christ i'm not talking i'm just I'm, okay somehow i have a feeling you should hear that message i don't know why but maybe somebody that you know needs to hear it okay not necessarily you but maybe you're going to go back and set many captives free hopefully god always sometimes does if i start looking at you there's probably somebody that has to hear what i'm saying okay not necessarily you okay so don't take it personal but if you want to that's okay too <laughs> but understand i i do a lot of i do I've, I've been doing conventions conferences advances retreats for for 15 years okay i do four of these a year and i do uh, lots of banquets mon monthlies luncheons where we're involved in setting the captives free i'm involved in street ministry now i leave my church i <clears throat> get out of uh, i sing in the choir i take communion and now because uh, if we have time, I'll listen to the eight-minute sermon. If not, I'll get in my car, and I go downtown in Salt Lake City, where our group of our Christian businessmen, International Fellowship of Business, they've opened up a 24-hour-a-day Christian mission. And they feed the poor from 7 in the morning to 7 at night. And every Sunday morning, they preach the Word. And then, and in the first month, I led the first... Uh, I didn't preach any messages because I was late, but God had me in there to wind up the altar call, set the captives free in fact the last time i was there it was two weeks ago we had about six men and women get up to get delivered from drugs alcohol tobacco you name everything and they come up these are people who live on the streets and and they're wonderful human beings and many of them are much more intelligent than we are but they but they've had the hard road and they need help and as i went down the line and laying on the hands lord says go down lay hands on each and every one of them as I prayed for each and every one, some one got saved, two got baptized in the Holy Spirit. When I got to the fifth man, I touched him, and this is how God is, okay? And I went to do what the flesh would do, and it says, Thus saith the Lord, and I turned around, Thus saith the Lord, Room, I prophesied, okay? A prof prophetic word of knowledge. And what it was, this, this young man, in his, around 40, had, uh, had been a minister years ago on the street. And he was called to the ministry. 
And yea, that which you were called to do, you left. But God is calling you back this day. And at the end, he stood up and he says, you'll never know what this man said. I was a minister. I went to prison. I'm back out. I've been rebelling against God. I've been asking God to speak to me. And now I got the answer. So don't take it lightly who you might touch in this, in this day and age. You must walk by faith. Faith is, a, is the key. The just shall walk by faith. You can memorize all the scripture all you want, but the heart is where the faith is. You must, in these days here, we're going to lose a lot of our, our controls on our life. And that's where we're going to find out God's in control. When we lose our control, we might, up to that point, you're going to have homes, you're going to be in a nice, nice situation, but the day might come, and it will come, where you're going to lose a freedom here, a freedom there, and many things that were so convenient, you're not going to have them. Now, what are you going to do in these days? You're going to learn how to trust in God. He's going to supply every word, of, every word you need. He's going to supply every gift you need. He'll send you from point A to point B if he has to in the days we're going to come in. I wouldn't doubt that you'll see, in, see Phillips happening. That you'll be here, you'll be there. In fact, there's happening today. Did you know that? Today, there's, there's evidences. Uh, there's a, a, a lady prophetess. Her name is uh, Ruth Ward Heflin. She's from Israel. She's from, she never got married, and she ministered in Salt Lake City about a month ago. And I, had, I was just, by the grace of God, I had her at our International Fellowship of Christian Businessmen luncheon. And uh, when she prayed for me at a, at a meeting, when she held my hand, I felt, I was like, I, for about five minutes. And when she touched me, or when she, after she prayed for me, I sat down, and I, would, I wasn't the same, I tell you, for about eight hours. The anointing of God was upon her. So you don't know who has the anointing. And God will send her. She's like to the nations. Maybe she, God sent her to Salt Lake City to give me a word so I can expand my vision. God wants you to expand your vision of what? Of the territory he's called you into. Which is, he doesn't want you to, stay, to be here as the same person as you came in. He wants you to expand your vision for the ministry. These are the days to win your cities, your, your states, and then the nation, and nations. Get your eyes now that we can take this country back. America is our nation, but we'll never get it back unless people like us start thinking America can be taken back. That all these laws and all these, these rules on, that, that have taken place before us uh, on, on the issues of homosexuality and abortion, all these things would cause division and strife. God can reverse every one of these if we start praying and repenting. If we start believing and seeing a vision that Las Vegas truly can be taken for Christ. Las Vegas, which is ruled by Mormons behind the scenes, they rule that city. They rule Utah, where I'm from. But God has placed us in there to set them free. They're, gonna, they're not going to rule forever. They're not. I'm telling you. This nation is, to, is, is for grabs. We can take it back. But it's up to you to catch the vision, knowing that it can be done. And where does... Where does uh, uh, St. Simeon Orthodox Renewal, where does this come, I mean, why, where does this play in? Right here, it plays in right now. I was led to come to this conference, and I don't know what the message I had, but I know one thing. <clears throat> Vision is very important, that you leave not only with a repentant heart and a chaste heart, <clears throat> and, but you leave with a vision to go back to Minneapolis or to uh, Massachusetts, your Minneapolis, and, 
with a new heart, a new heart to capture that city for Christ. Ask him that, you, that the Lord would change you and, get, and open up your heart in the vision of your heart. So with, with your hearts open, you can have a vision to see much more than what God's got for you. And maybe he'll send you back into that Greek Orthodox community with a new zeal and a new boldness to shake them and roll them, to get them on the way to Christ. We can't be afraid any longer. You can't be afraid to be intimidated. If you're intimidated and they come against you, you know you're right on track. That's where, that's, that means you're right where God wants you. And, the, and sure, the easiest thing you can do is walk away. But you know what? I'm glad I stayed in the Greek Orthodox Church. And it hasn't been easy, I guarantee you. It has been tough. I know that George, uh, what's his name, Zara? What's his name, George Zara? On the board. Yeah, Kriviatis. He told me that he doesn't even go to the Greek Orthodox Church in his hometown, Georgetown. He has to go, uh, once a month he goes up to another city, 50 miles away, takes communion, then he attends an assembly of God during the... because he was, he was rejected by his own people. Well, basically, I was rejected by my own people, but I would not, I would not leave. I would not leave. And I got on my knees in my church, like I uh, told you. And, and ever since I was here last February, I've been back in my church. I go in there by myself when everybody's gone. And I lay down before that altar. And I say, God, I want revival in this church. I, I said, if I'm the only one interceding in this church for every soul, for every Orthodox soul, God, I want revival here. I've laid, my, I've laid down prostate in Prophet Elias. God, I want this church for Jesus. I want these souls. I said, I don't care if I never see any of them get saved, but I want to know that what I'm going to be accounted for when I come before you, I interceded. I stood in the gap for souls, not myself, not my rights, but the rights of others to make sure they make it into heaven. You understand, that, you understand when you start thinking about Jesus, your rights mean nothing. Your only rights are here to make sure people get into heaven, get on their way, become strong Christians. And we start thinking that way, what's going to happen is it's going to catch fire. <coughs> Catches fire. And all of a sudden, your own little world changes. All of a sudden, you're thinking, there's more to this life than me. <laughs> there's others out there. Hallelujah. And all these Christians are me, I, self. Because they, got, they bought the game of the world. They watch televisions. It's all oriented. The false prophets of today are, are TV. Watch it. The news media are basically... They, t they, they run and they give you the prophecies of, of what they're told to say. You want the truth? This is the truth. You're going to hear the truth right from this pulpit. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The word of God's going to come forth. But the word's going to come through revelation in these days. And that's why this ministry is being bombarded because it's, a, it's one that reveals truth. Revelation reveals truth. You don't see me reading scripture here, do you? I wasn't even led to read Psalm 91 yet. Maybe I won't. Is that okay, Father? <laughs> okay, I can close with the Psalm. Okay. All right. Now, I don't want to take away the, the, the major message, but I believe this is the, the heartbeat and the tone of which this conference should begin. And I believe uh, <clears throat> if God used me properly in these areas, so that when you leave, you're going to go back and get your eyes on taking St. John's. And you go to St. John's? Yeah. Start praying for those people. 
Start praying for that priest. Start praying. I know, I know 80% of those people in that, in that community. And they all need the Lord. They need to get born again. And the, and the Mormon church across the street, they need to get born again. That whole area needs to get born again. So we leave strong with the vision knowing that these things can happen. That's what God sent us here for. To change our hearts. To walk out more vision-minded. And not to walk with fear. There's no fear with Christ. If any fear sets in, then you better lay down. Lay down. Okay, Psalm 91. You notice when I came up, be led by the Spirit. John 3, 8 says, as the Spirit dwells, as the wind blows and goes forth, that's the way we should be. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit. He might wanted this to, re, to be read last, and he wanted to, me to move in that first, okay? So God would give the glory. He, would, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings he shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You see that? His truth. That's one of the key words God wants you to take with you this weekend. You're going to get the truth placed in your heart through him. You shall not be afraid. There it is again. No fear. By terror by night. That's why it is. Nor of the arrow that flies by day. The flack that you're going to be going into, you must have faith and have that shield around you at all times. Nor of this pestilence, the diseases, the AIDS, and all the, the TBs. Everything that's running around nowadays, you start reading this, and you're not going to be touched by any of the pestilence and the plagues that are upon us in this country, in this world now. Nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. You read that and see what that could mean to you and to us. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. No evil shall come upon you because you have made him the Lord and your refuge. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Important for you to understand this because this these are the days of the plagues. The plagues are here. Praise God. For he shall give his angels charge over you. You have angels available. Call them in to keep you in all your ways to protect you, to lead you. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample under the foot, because he has set his love upon me. You can place that in your own name too, because he's placed your love upon you. Therefore, I will deliver him, and I will set him on high, because he has known my name. That's what God will do for you. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, and I will honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, Paul, that was exciting. It really excited me. It was Jesus. How many of you uh, were blessed by that sharing? Hmm? Let's give Jesus a hand. Well, I can see uh, who one of our main speakers will be uh, very soon in the future. Thank you, Paul.